A very different type of NHL fans from afar this week. Uh, there are four of us this time, not three. And we are covering the last hour of the trade deadline for the NHL. The one thing I love about the NHL trade deadline is it's done at such a civilised time of day. Like even, even here in the UK with the time difference, it's going to finish at like eight o'clock in the evening which is so civilised. And how ironic is it that there's a trade deadline that is a civilised time for the UK when this is a sport that deprives us of so much sleep usually? How weird is it that the trade deadline gives us a chance to actually follow something during the evening? It is. Well, it's five to seven on Monday evening. Uh, I'm Claire. That's Jolon. And also we have Rob McGregor back with us. Hey, Rob. Hey, how's it going? And we've also got uh, the backup goalie, that is Stephen Edwards, as well. Hey, how's it going? So we are all recording this from our bedrooms or spare rooms in various parts of the UK. So (laughs) forgive us, it's not technically studio quality, but it's all about uh, catching the action as it happens. Um, In the last half an hour, we've just seen uh, a couple of interesting trades, haven't we? I hope we've got Derek Brassard as uh, being confirmed. That'll be one that we'll be catching up with you, Steve, about. Yeah. Uh, and then Adam McQuaid, literally as we hit record for this podcast. So we'll, uh, we'll recoup some of those. Uh, just a, a mention, if this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, do make sure you hit subscribe. What we normally do is have a fan on from a different team each week. Uh, so you can uh, either join us if you want to have uh, share your story if you're a fan. Um, and you'll make sure you get the latest episode, which usually are, record, um, are released on Thursday mornings or Wednesday evenings. And we also have a closed Slack group as well. Uh, email us nhlfansfromafar at gmail.com if you'd like to get an invite and hang out with other cool, geeky, <laughs> nerdy weirdos like us who enjoy the NHL and watching it from outside North America. We've now got people from Poland, even a couple of Americans, and then this week also an Australian. Um, Yeah. It's good. So we're getting further afield now than the UK. We are truly becoming NHL fans from a really far away. Far, 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 far. Far, far, (laughs) Further away, yes. (laughs) <laughs> let's just catch up on some of the things that have just happened then um steve you mentioned derek brassard he's gone to your beloved colorado avalanches what what are you thinking yeah i mean for me colorado didn't want to do, want to do too much at the deadline i mean they made it known they didn't want to give up any of their top prospects picks so they've gone and got themselves some center depth i mean brassard looks like he's going to be the, the third line center in colorado got a wealth of experience we did need some depth, as we've talked about many times on the podcast, and we are fighting for that eighth spot in the West. So I think it's, it's a good move, to be honest. Rob, anyone that you've spotted that's jumped out at you uh, in the last couple of hours? Well, I think McQuaid maybe is the interesting, just because of the narrative we've had surrounding the Blue Jackets over the last few days. They, they've effectively been hoovering up many of the names that have been linked to heading into this trade deadline as we said McQuaid that they picked up Keith Kincaid I'm sure we'll touch on earlier and of course Ryan Dezingler Matt Duchesne the, the way General Manager Diana Kekalina has sort of flipped the entire narrative on this trade deadline in Columbus has been quite remarkable Are we surprised that they're going out full hog spending 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 I don't know if we are it was always going to be 
because of the situation with Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky being unrestricted free agents and 99.99% not going back to Ohio next season, it was always a case of go for it and, and shoot your shot or sell at the deadline and recoup as much as possible. And, and they are all in, it seems. But I yeah. think the interesting thing with that is the, the view was, certainly in the kind of lead up to the trade deadline, that were Columbus either had to, either they keep Panarin and keep Bobrovsky and that is them going all in, mm. or they trade them and, you know, start a rebuild process. I didn't hear any talk of this kind of massing of the great army, you know, that they're currently putting together now. So not only are they keeping Panarin and Bobrovsky, they're going all in and they're getting all of these different pieces from around the league and building this kind of like super team ready to just go for the Stanley Cup final. And I mean, I wonder how much looking that it was them looking around the league this year and thinking, do you know what? Pittsburgh aren't great. Uh, Washington are okay. They're, they're all right, but they're not doing amazingly well. New York Islanders are right up there at the top and no one's quite sure how long that will last. So whether they've just seen, they've thought, well, we've got Panara, we've got Bobrovsky, let's go and get a load of other stuff. And who knows, if they have a really, really deep run in the playoffs, then maybe that is the thing that Panarin thinks, do you know what, let's stay. It certainly isn't going to be this disaster scenario that we were all worried about where everybody just leaves after losing <laughs> in round one of the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, one caveat I'd add, in adding Matt Duchesne, I think they changed the market somewhat in terms of talking about trading Artemi Panarin, because Duchesne, Stone and Panarin were the big three, certainly the big three forwards heading into this trade deadline. So by adding Matt Duchesne, not only did they add a good forward of their own in case they did decide to trade Panarin, so they got something tangible back to, to keep them competitive down the stretch, but they also upped Panarin's value because yeah. they'd taken one of the other big three off the market themselves. Yeah, they've really they've really controlled the narrative of the trade deadline over the last kind of twenty four hours or so by by making that move and and tooling up in the way that they have. Well, let's just uh, look back over some of the other um, trades that have happened earlier this week. So it's now coming up to seven oh one. Early this week, Matt Zuccarello went out from New York Rangers and in with Dallas Stars, but his debut didn't quite go to plan. As during his first game, he broke his arm and he's out for four weeks. Didn't he um, score as well though? Didn't he score? Plus one. Yeah, which is just insane. What a, I mean, what a high impact. <laughs> start to the start to his career as a as a stars player, but yeah, you've got to feel sorry for the guy and also for the stars fans because that was you know Zuccarello was one of those players that uh, a lot of people had an eye on, and going to the stars was you know a, a kind of a moment for them to take a bit of the spotlight and to say that you know hi guys we are we're going for it this year as well, and then yeah to break your arm it's been they've released information today haven't they just saying that he's broken his arm blocking a shot. So that the details of that trade, um, I may as well throw to you, Steve, because you're obsessed with looking at first round picks, if, uh, if anyone I knew. <laughs> um, just talk through some of the conditions, because it's quite complicated for his one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's around conditional picks that um, the Rangers are going to be getting. And I know that they are, I've already seen a lot of excitement in Rangers land already around the fact of how many picks they're going to have potentially in the upcoming drafts. I think Rangers are, are certainly happy because they're the ones that are going to look 
look to that draft to try and improve and they can try and dump players left, right and centre. I think Matt Zuccarello was going to be a really good pickup for the Stars and we might find out about that a bit further down the line. But yeah, the, the, the deal certainly um, complex when it's, uh, when it's taken a look at, but I think it's going to be interesting how it pans out. So Adam McQuaid, obviously we've heard, has been traded, but the other um, question mark for New York Rangers was Kevin Hayes. Have we got any news? He's been traded. Yeah. He's, he's been traded. I missed that one. That was early this afternoon, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah he's around, gone to the Jets. Sorry. Yeah, around 3pm, I think it was. Okay, so well, both... 3pm UK time. time, I should stress. <laughs> so by, but yeah, by, the, by all the times we're talking about, we're going to talk UK time. I don't know about you, but there's no way I can do that maths in my head every time <laughs> I, I mention the time. The one interesting thing that I read about um, Hayes going to the Jets was the Jets were supposedly all in on Stone. And they were really trying to make that work. But the price was just too high. And I think in the end, they got frustrated with the fact that this was getting so close to the deadline. So I read a couple of different things today that said Stone was their number one man. But if they could not get a deal that worked for them for Stone, then Hayes was going to be the person who came in for them. And I mean, with, with line A scoring again now, and you think adding Hayes into the lineup, those Winnipeg Jets look really, really good and really, really set for the playoffs this year. If we come across the other side, Philadelphia Flyers, everyone's kind of been like, what are they going to do? Um, so they acquired Cam Talbot. There's still question marks. Where's Wayne Simmons going to end up? Yeah. He didn't. We, yeah, he didn't do skate we know? today. He yep. didn't skate with the team. So. What are we saying? We've got 56 minutes. Where do we think Wayne Simmons will be in uh, 56 the minutes? The impression, <laughs> well, the, the impression I've got is that the Flyers are looking for a... The, with Wayne Simmons, the, the talk is that the Flyers wanted a first and a prospect, which in context is what the Rangers got for Kevin Hayes. So yeah. it's whether you think Wayne Simmons is worth a similar amount to Kevin Hayes. Hayes obviously plays centre. That was a need for the Jets. So... I think that, that that ask from the Flyers is a bit too rich for, for some teams. Uh, the, the other people there, Mike Raffle is a pending UFA. Brian Elliott even is a pending UFA who could be a useful goaltender for someone potentially just hanging it out there. So, you know, Sims has been the big one, but the Flyers have maybe got a couple of half-decent depth pieces that some teams might possibly consider maybe as a last-minute deal. Okay. I've just seen that TSN Sports, I don't know why they're tweeting this at this precise time, have, uh, it simply says, it's been 24 years since the Canadian team won a Stanley Cup. Thanks All for right. reminding me. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. That's just what we needed to know. Also, I've just uh, seen this from, uh, from Cap Friendly on Twitter. Uh, this was talking about Columbus Blue Jackets. This just gives you an idea of how busy these guys have been after sending their 2019 fourth and seven round picks to New York Rangers. That is in exchange for Adam McQuaid, the Columbus blue jackets now have only two picks remaining in the upcoming draft. They have <laughs> one third round yeah. of their own and one seventh round from Calgary. So that's going to be a high pick. They are going to be basically, they're not even going to bother turning up to the draft, are they? They're going to have to try and work out how to re-sign all these players. Yeah, why bother even going? Save the money. <laughs> yeah. So Edmonton Oilers have obviously uh, not had the best of seasons, <laughs> but it seems to be quite quiet on their side. Do we think that they're going to they, stump out? It's because they can't do anything, Claire. They've got Ooh. zero cap space. 
And the only way of them making any moves was to offload contracts. And guess what? These GMs don't want to take these horrible contracts. Just no. recap. Um, uh, Colin McDavid. I haven't, I've not had a chance to look over the videos and see what happened, but two game suspension. Bring me up to speed, someone. A hit to the head of Nick Leddy in the game against the Islanders yeah. the other night. Fair. I think the decision from Dops is fair. He made contact with the head. If it had been the other way around and Leddy had been the one hitting McDavid, people would have 100% I think, supported yeah. a two game suspension. Yeah. So you can't, I know it's the whole superstar rule, quote unquote, but. You know, for, for hits to the head like that, then I think they do need to put a line in the sand and say, you know, no matter who you are, we're going to pull you up on it. I saw a wonderful, I saw a wonderful tweet saying that it was very harsh of player safety to uh, suspend the entire Edmonton Oilers team for two games. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I can't take credit for that, but I somewhere on Twitter as well. It was in our Slack group, actually. Oh, yeah. was it? It was. It was Andy, uh, the Canucks fan, who chipped oh, in that well one. Well done, Andy. Well done. And well done, Claire, for remembering who actually said it. That is excellent. <laughs> I, that made me chuckle. <laughs> Let's talk about Toronto then. Jolon, you're feeling nervous because Trevor Moore has been called up. And you're yeah. thinking, does that mean that someone's going to go? So I, I pretty much felt like Toronto had finished their business when they brought in Jake Muzzin. They already traded away their first... I didn't really feel like Kyle Dubas is the type of GM to... Well, he's, he said he doesn't like rentals. And that was one of the things that Jake Muzzin was a, a big plus because he was uh, salary controlled next year as well. So it was kind of becoming a little bit difficult to find anyone who would fit. And the type of players who you'd be bringing in for an upgrade were going to cost too much. And I, I just never got the sense that Kapanen or Jonsson or... Um, any players like that or Dermot were ever realistically going to be traded, even to the point Sandine and Lilligren, who are the two kind of uh, defensemen in the Marlies at the moment, who the Leafs have got high hopes for. There's always the, the talk all the way through has been we're not going to trade them. So it kind of felt like there was nothing really going to happen except then today, Trevor Moore, who for someone who hasn't been following the Leafs has been a you know a real a real strong player when he has been called up and he would be playing in the Leafs now, really, if it wasn't for the fact that we've got too many forwards. But he's been called up today and there's no reason for his call-up. No extra injuries. Um, they're already won over on the forwards anyway. So it kind of makes you start to wonder whether there will be a move. A lot of people talked about Connor Brown possibly going... Well... I've got to say, actually, but uh, Sportsnet have just tweeted Brian Burke, oh, have former GM have for Leafs, is adamant they. that Maple Leafs' cap window will lead to a few key departures. Uh, old man yells at cloud. Oh, hang on. Yeah, Brian Burke screaming about Nylander gone this offseason. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Nylander's not going anywhere. Don't tell me that. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, no. oh, I, can't, I can't believe I'm actually going to have a breakdown on a podcast if I uh, see Nylander's traded just after he starts getting good again I am going to have a breakdown but anyway as I was saying so Trevor Moore coming up is a bit strange so I'm wondering I did hear somebody a couple of people were saying whether they were going for a big move which it probably is if one's going to come off because it's taking this long and that might involve someone like Connor Brown maybe even Jake Gardner as well possibly who is a UFA um, this summer, um, and then yeah, who knows? But yeah, we'll find out in fifty minutes. 
just on that point, I know we're projecting a little bit into the summer, but the way Ottawa have carried on, they're going to have trouble reaching the cap floor. So yeah. does Carl Dubis give Pierre Dorian a call regarding Nikita Zaitsev in the summer, maybe? Well, that's what I, yeah. I mean, I think Edmonton, if, if I was Carl Dubis or I was the GM of Edmonton, whoever that is today, I would be ringing Ottawa just constantly saying, how about this? Because, yeah, exactly. They've, I mean, unless they sign Mark Stone, I guess that's the, the one thing that would take them to that, uh, the floor of the salary cap. But if they don't get a deal done with Stone and he disappears, you're right. They're, they're going to be in a position where they're actually going to have to take on players with high contract hits. And yeah, they'll get picks and stuff in return. But I don't know. Yeah, Zaitsev could end up going there. Um, Ryan Callahan I can imagine, from yeah. yeah, Lucic as well, players like that. I wonder whether Ottawa will become a bit of a, you know, almost like an Arizona for a few years where these players end up going. But if the Senators are smart, they can make that work. This is what Arizona did. Yeah. That's a great example because they managed to get Lawson Kraus out of Florida by agreeing mm. to take on Dave Boland's contract. Yeah. So if, if the Senators are smart about it, they could absolutely. They've got a pretty good group of prospects. That's the key bit, though, isn't it? it yeah. I, I, if the Senators are yeah. smart about it. <laughs> I actually think, to, de- to defend the Senators, much as I hated the Eric Carlson deal, um, the Matt Duchesne deal is a blinder, I, I have to say. Like, I know some Sens fans are a bit angry about it, but I think that's more because of how the team's been managed generally. When you actually look at it, you know, potentially getting two first-round picks for Matt Duchesne. I mean, that, that almost doesn't quite, almost makes up for the terrible trade they made to get Matt Duchesne in the first place, particularly if they don't end up getting first overall pick and handing it to Colorado. But, I, you know, Ottawa have... They've gone nuclear, haven't they? They've got rid of so many. They're going to have so many picks in the next couple of rounds, particularly if some of the conditions... Um, come through as well and yeah I, I I kind of think if I was a Sens fan I'd be I'd just be bunkering down for a few tough years and then hoping you know everything comes together in time for Thomas Shabbat and Kachuk and things like that for when they're in their prime. You so mentioned big, sorry I was going to say I'm not a big fan of these conditional picks anyway I mean I would rather these picks actually are what they are. I've never been a big fan of that across any of the other sports. I mean, the, the Zuccarello, what we talked about earlier on, it's, it's deemed if Dallas go a couple of rounds in the playoffs, if they re-sign Zuccarello, it's always like, well, no, hang on a second here. I think they should just be for what it is on the table. I, I, I really would like to see them get rid of the conditional pick process. But surely GMs love them because it gives them the, you know, it's the... It's the what if factor, isn't it? It's the okay, we're going to take Matt Duchesne. Now, Matt Duchesne, to me, on a rental to the end of the season, is worth one first round draft pick. I get that. Matt Duchesne on a rental is not worth two. However, if you're going to then keep Matt Duchesne for another eight years or seven years or something like that, then two first round picks seem okay. You're never going to get owners to agree to lose those conditions because those conditions are the one thing that stops GMs making complete idiots of themselves. I think that's that's hit the nail on the head. It's a chance for both general managers to come out of a deal looking reasonably respectable, competent, choose your words as appropriate. But that's that's exactly what it does. It gives everybody, barring one or two freak occasions, such as the Senators' first overall pick this year, 
<laughs> it gives both sides a chance to come out of it looking reasonably good, either because you've got the better player or because you've got stronger picks for whichever draft. Still not a fan. The bit that gets me is, and I, I 100% think that the, the whole first round picks and things like that, you know, that they're there to stay. The bit that gets me sometimes is you look at these trades and you go, like, really? You're throwing in a conditional seventh? Like, as if you wasted your kind of you know, minutes of your life discussing, <laughs> discussing the condition I'm, of that seventh round. I'm here, I'm here for that, though, because the Hayes deal, the Blue Jackets threw in, no, sorry, the Winnipeg Jets threw in a 2022 conditional fourth round pick, and the condition <laughs> is Winnipeg win the cup. I am oh, absolutely <laughs> here for that nonsense. <laughs> I love it. That is brilliant. The Blue Jackets traded a, a 2022 fifth round pick for Keith Kincaid. It's brilliant. It's that, absolutely balmy because it's basically almost less than a bag of pucks. In that, that is just brilliant, isn't it? That is them getting to the end of the trade call and going, and hey, do you know what? Just for giggles, let's chuck this in here as well. We just want a guy to be our second or third goalie. Here is the most random thing we can think of. Will you take it? Yes, I will. Thanks. <laughs> Hang up. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds oh. like a weird dare. They should say, right, if you get this, yeah. then you've got to walk through the streets of Ottawa <laughs> naked or something. They may as well do that. You've um, got to go on you've got to go on TV and admit that the uh, Matt Duchesne trade and Eric Carson trade was terrible. Yeah. Right, should... I just want to pick up on uh... Uh, oh, just very quickly, have you seen yeah? this tweet from Elliot Friedman who uh, of Sportsnet says with one hour to go to the deadline, Vegas and Ottawa were working hard on a Mark Stone deal. Nashville yeah. was in there too, and I think Calgary circled back for another go, but the Golden Knights appear to be the favourites. This is my theory, right? This is my theory. I reckon that if Vegas get Mark Stone, which it looks like they might do, according to Elliot Friedman, I think Vegas have another go at Eric Carlson when he becomes a UFA from San Jose because mm -hmm. Carlson was so close to signing with the Golden Knights, I think the trade deadline last year, that wouldn't it be amazing to kind of reunite Mark Stone and Eric Carlson and it would just turn Vegas into this monster team in the West? I think that's and a cap, cap space issue, though, in the long run. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But if there's but one team it, that can probably do it, Vegas is the team. Yeah, but, but it, just in, the, in the, the present, if they add Mark Stone, what kind of a bloodbath is the Western Conference when it comes to the Jeez. playoffs? Yeah. When you've got divisional matchups, you've got the Jets in the central, the Predators, the Flames are doing well this year, the Sharks are. If they do consider addressing their goaltending, especially, and then the Knights have just added Mark Stone to a team which has you know, rebounded from a slow start. The West, for all the awfulness at the bottom end and the fact that nobody seems to want to take the ball by the horns in the wildcard race, the Pacific Division and those top two teams in the central are just stacked. Mm. And who, who uh, the hell emerges from that even if Winnipeg have added that second line centre what did I say two to three weeks ago on the podcast that, that <laughs> is a more difficult conference to get through uh, and how did I know you were going to bring that up again and annoyingly I you, <laughs> you laughed at you. it I know I did I think, can, I, yeah, can I bring um, in something a, a trade that I don't really understand right yeah. and can I get someone to explain this to me um, Arizona, Arizona Coyotes and Montreal Canadiens did a swap Michael Chaput and Jordan Wheel 
I don't understand why. They're both centres. They've both got um, penalty minutes. They're both the same age. Like, what? what is that? Is one of them going to be a release of cap space? Why has why that deal gone ahead? Can uh, anyone yeah. understand? Uh, Kat Silverman did a, a piece on uh, Jordan Wheel for The Athletic. And he's not a big point scorer, but he's a good face-off guy. He's good in the neutral zone. He's, I think his own entries were, were pretty positive as well. So this, to me, strikes as a, a solid depth move for the Canadians. You know, they obviously added the Dutch Gretzky not long ago. They, they've sort of focused more on their bottom six than they have their, their top end talent because partly because you can get these bottom end guys for less. So you can improve by tiny steps because they're not going to give up, you know, the farm, they're not going to give up high picks because I think Montreal in their heart know they probably are a playoff team, but they're maybe not a cup contender. So it's, do what you can to get that little bit better and then just see where you go with, with Carey Price and if Max Domi can carry it on and things. But I think Jordan Wheel helps their bottom six just by being good at stuff, like I say, in the neutral zone, in the face-off circle, things like that. So as a depth forward, I think he helps them flesh out that bottom six a little bit further. Hmm, that's interesting. So uh, Sportsnet had uh, tweeted a couple of hours ago saying which of these players will be dealt first, Mark Stone, Wayne Simmons, Cody Cece. Is that have to say his name right? Yeah, it is, yeah. I think um, I marked other and then somebody had already put Keith Kincaid, so I didn't need to make the joke twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I voted for uh, Mark Stone. Yeah. Which we're still, none of them have gone, have they yet? Not right now. It's 720. Oh, yeah. So what are the. Cody, Cody Cece uh, skated with the Sens today, interestingly. Um, so did, so he's. Uh, as well. Yeah. So I wonder whether if Stone goes, Dezingle goes, Duchesne goes, that might be the selling gone. Because, yeah, as. As you say, they have got to pay some people next year. <laughs> what about Tampa and Boston? Both of those seem pretty quiet. Well, yeah, you would be if you were Tampa, though, wouldn't you? I don't yeah. know, because they did say that they potentially would be open to seeing if they wanted, you know, could acquire someone. They've got to, they've got to say that, haven't they, though? But, I, but seriously, you look, at that, you look at that roster, they're already going to be in a real tight spot next year. So they're only going to be able to do a rental and... I mean, you're you're already you've already won the president's trophy, and it's not even out of February yet. I mean, I don't know. Would would bringing someone in to that dressing room help or hinder? Or no. you, you just think, you wouldn't want to risk it, would you? I no, think I they they'd considered adding another defenseman. I think that's that's the one area you look at them and Henman McDonough. Uh, uh, you know, their reputation speaks for themselves. Has Strahman been quite as good this year? Maybe not, and you know. Then you've got Coburn and Girardi. I mean, Sergeyev, you know, is is again reputation speaks for himself. But have they got strong enough depth defense for a long playoff run, possibly conference final final? That's maybe something that they've been a little bit aware of. I, I, that's the impression I get, anyway. As you say, they've got to be careful because the cap thing. I think at forward, there's not too many concerns mm. about maybe sort of fractional upgrades here and there but the defensive side is something I think maybe just reading the tea leaves of, of what we've seen is something they may have looked at if the right deal was there mm. what about Sergei Bobrovsky right Columbus Blue Jackets what on earth is going to happen there nothing 
No, just going to sit there, carry it. on, and we so, deal with this after the season's ended and they so haven't made it through the playoffs again. The, the, there's two ways to go here. First question, obviously, is which team would make a bid to acquire him? So you, you've got to look at the teams, and there aren't many, I don't think, who would make that change to their goaltending now, quote-unquote. The other one is, of course, if the Blue Jackets have added all these other players with the intention of going for it, yeah. if you trade Bobrovsky, your goaltending pairing is then Corpusalo and Kincaid. Yeah. <laughs> so what is the point of adding Deshane, Dezingle, McQuaid, all yeah. these other guys, and then running with those two guys in the playoffs? Now, I know Keith Kincaid has playoff experience, losing playoff experience. <laughs> the Blue Jackets don't need any more of that in the playoffs. They need to win. They want to win. They want to win a round. So it doesn't make sense to me on any front for the Blue Jackets to trade Bobrovsky. And even if they were open to it, I don't see who would come in to make a bid for him. And to, to your point, Rob, on that, I mean, what's the one position that if you take away in the playoffs, you could instantly just lose rounds? And it's your goaltender. And, you know, goaltending is so hard to come by now. And I mean, I've seen, I've seen Keith Kincaid a couple of times against the Leafs this year, and he has looked terrible. And yeah. I know they have had so many troubles in uh, New Jersey this year in goal, and he has not been the answer to it. And you're right. I mean, it was, it was kind of a weird move, Kincaid, oh, going I, over. I don't get it. Like, it's a really strange one because you kind of think, well, if that's the case, they're going to make a move and, and get rid of a goaltender. But then it's not going to be Bobrovsky because Kincaid's not going to take that number one jersey. But, but yeah, just a really strange one, that. Uh, the, uh, it's a depth move because yeah, their depth maybe. chart is not particularly strong this year. Their third goalie was basically JF Baruby. Yeah, who's, you know, uh, but what gets me is, and this may probably play out over the next couple of days. So this is slightly projecting or trying to fathom out that if they've brought Kincaid in to be the backup for a playoff run or down the stretch playoff, what does that say to Corpusalo? Because Anybody who's been paying attention has known Bobrovsky's leaving this summer for the past year, more or less. You know, we know he's going to leave Columbus. So the Blue Jackets have kind of kind of treated Bobrovsky pretty shabbily in public. There was the whole thing with the, the leaving the bench, and that was I don't think they handled that well. But it's all part of this other sort of side story where they've tried to nudge Jonas Kopisalo into being, or, or given him the opportunity to be their new number one, presumably from next season. But if they've now gone out and got Keith Kincaid with the intention of dropping Kincaid in as the backup, what does that say to Corpus and all they've done mm -hmm. to try and make him the pseudo-starter moving forward? It's like, yeah, we kind of wanted you to do this job after Bob obviously left, but actually we now think you're not as good as Keith Kincaid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, what, what does that do there? And, and does that just mean they've said to themselves, well, we don't think actually Corpus Island can be our starter after all. We'll bring in Kincaid for now, and then in the summer we'll look to add a number one and number two goaltender and address his whole situation afresh from the start of next year or next season. So it's all, it was a little strange. I mean, as I said, the pick was about as throwaway as you can get. It, it is there, I think, to flesh out the depth chart. I just, I don't know why it was Kincaid. I, I, it just yeah. to me, it raises too many little strange little questions about where he sits in the lineup in the, in the depth chart, what that means for Corpusalo. And it just seemed that, that an odd one. I mean, they'll, glance over it because I'll say Bob's our guy moving forward and into the playoffs then we'll deal with the rest in the summer 
But you do mm. wonder, having prodded Corpusala into that position to be perhaps the new number one, have they pulled the rug out from under him a, a touch? I just it sits awkwardly with me. Is all I'm saying. Mm. Well, speaking of going down to the wire, Pierre Lebrun has just tweeted the Hurricanes going down to, down the wire on Michael Furland. Three teams in the mix. Do they trade him or keep him? Who do we think those three teams are? Nashville, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Toronto, Calgary. Toronto have back been to Calgary? Furland. Toronto, yeah, possibly back to Calgary. Calgary. Calgary's a tough one, obviously, because they moved him. But I think Nashville surely would, would be an on Furland. A, a player of that style is, is what they've been looking for, right? On that, especially on that second line. They haven't really had a lot of depth scoring. So a guy who can bring an offensive touch and a, a physical element seems right up their alley. And the Golden Knights. Well, yeah, they're on everybody permanently. <laughs> I was just looking at the uh, following on from what we were talking about with the Golden Knights. I mean, they, they at the moment have got um, projected cap space at the moment is 3.7 million. Um, but then they've also got so many picks. I mean, they've got their own first round picks for the next three years. They've got uh, one second round pick uh, this year and three next year. They've got three third round picks this season. And going down, they've kept pretty much all of their picks throughout this whole process. So when you're looking at a team that could feasibly afford Mark Stone and then potentially sign him again, I mean, actually, yeah, it, it, it more and more becomes more likely that it would be Vegas who could get it done. Um, one of the things that's just coming down on Twitter now, Elliot Friedman's retweeted this, so maybe <laughs> it might go somewhere. Uh, have you seen this? Uh, Calgary Flames yeah. maybe adding Phantomberg as a depth D. We will know ASAP. This is a tweet from Brian Lawton. Um, I'm saying the fact that Elliot week. Friedman just retweeted that shows that that's not very interesting. <laughs> like It's kind of like, if he tweets it himself, it's like, oh my God, who's going where? And this is just like, yeah, who? Phantomberg? Depth D? Yeah. That's it. Well, he's currently live on Sportsnet talking about whether a deal's brewing between Golden Knights and Senators. So, Imagine the power of being Elliot Freeman right now, thinking you could send a fan base wild by just writing a kind of innocuous tweet. Imagine having the power at your fingertips to do that. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Right. What? Uh, oh, look, uh, Mark, who was our Leafs fan, Mark R, has just tweeted, I've been traded to Columbus, <laughs> <laughs> which makes me, uh, it makes me laugh. So For the remaining I've... third round or seventh round, Mark, that's the thing. There's only well, two picks left. What conditional, yeah. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's a conditional third. <laughs> it, sounds like, it sounds like Phantomberg is going to Calgary. It looks right. like people are starting to confirm that now, so... Uh, yeah, Phantom Red to Calgary, yeah. Who have we missed? What about Pittsburgh Penguins? They seem to have already oh, been quite busy before, Damn. haven't they? So are they going to do much today? So here's the question for the Penguins for me, because I know we sort of divvied things up earlier between the divisions, so I had a bit of a dive into the Metro teams. The Pens' cap space is limited. They obviously made the moves to Bukestad and McCann, but they've also lost three of their best, what, four, five D-men? <laughs> four... Mm an undetermined amount of time. So Dumoulin out of the concussion, as we all know that could be a, a long time on the sideline or, or maybe just a week or two. Chris Letang out indefinitely with an upper body injury following the, or during the, the melee that 
followed the Dumoulin or Simmons hitting Dumoulin during the Stadium Series game. And then Oli Matta's still out indefinitely as well with uh, an upper body injury, I think presumed to be shoulder, but nobody really knows. I mean, they did get Justin Schultz back recently from the IR, but for a team which was rumoured to be looking to add another forward, all of a sudden, how much does their focus shift? Uh, and how much of it just, just depends on how quickly they think Dumoulin and Latang will be back? It's such an unknown for a team which, if they make it, you know, in the second wildcard spot, but if they do make it, you would say they've got a chance at, at emerging from the East, at least. They've always got a chance, surely, yeah, exactly. with Crosby and Malkin and right, Murray yeah. on his day. Like, they've always got a chance. One of, one of the lines you always hear about Pittsburgh is, they are all in while they have Crosby and Malkin. Like, it's kind of, you know, they're, they're constantly in that mode mm-hmm. um, while they've got superstars like that on their team. Who else have we not mentioned? Oh, just quickly, while you're thinking of someone else, um, somebody on Twitter called uh, Third Period Sweets, this guy's called on Twitter, um, has been doing a tally so far of the uh, networks and uh, saying who has got the scoops first. And uh, he's been totting up the, the trades as they come in and who has managed to get the scoop first and break the news. So, so far with the Phantomberg trade, uh, Sportsnet are on three. TSN are on two, NHL Network is on one, and an official team channel is also on one. <laughs> and those are the people who have managed to uh, break the news so far today. It's mad. Um, oh, um, Minnesota's a bit of an interesting one, um, yeah. which is uh, because they... Um, Charlie Coyle, isn't it? Char- is it yeah, traded to Boston. Yeah, headed over to Boston. And there was talk of Eric Stahl as well, um, which would be a much bigger deal. Um, but, I think it's yeah. been interesting Grandland as well, Michael Grandland. Yeah, uh, and they're a bit of a funny um, one. Did you, that, did you see that bizarre quote from the Minnesota GM the other day who said, uh, said to the press that he'd been crying himself to sleep at night um, at, his, at his team's current position? <laughs> You're thinking, wow, that is that is not good. If, uh, I'm sure there are many GMs who who do get <laughs> to that stage, but not many of them actually admit to it. But the, the um, Wild are in such a strange place. They're a wild card team right now. They could they're only a point ahead of Colorado, so they could very easily drop out. They haven't got a huge pool of prospects, which is why I quite like them getting Donato in return for Coyle. But you know they're saddled with Preston Sutter for several more years. The Victor Rask trade has not worked out for them. They're just they're kind of neither here nor there. I mean, Bruce Boudreaux is the kind of coach that can get them over the line and into the playoffs. But yeah, where are they? They're not really a contender. But then they're not really going to be a, a particularly strong in the ping pong balls if they miss the cut to to get a, a high pick. So mm. they're sort of that, that horrible middle ground. And just quickly on that um, Oscar Fantenberg trade, the LA Kings have acquired. You'll love this, Rob. A conditional. 2020 fourth round pick from the Calgary <laughs> Flames. I mean, that is really. And what's the condition see. this time? Oh, I don't know. That's a very good question, Claire. More Does on that later. Snow in Calgary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what um, really uh, got me was watching Henry uh, Lundqvist um, get choked up. Did you see oh. him crying about Matt Zuccarello? I mean, yeah, that wow. was uh, that. It does show there is. I mean, we're all kind of having fun on this podcast talking about it, and we will throw around trade rumors and things like that. But we we covered it a little bit on the podcast about Mike McKenna, the goaltender. 
Um, but you, you suddenly do realize that actually these are human beings with their livelihoods. And yes, they make a very nice living. And, you know, I don't think they'll ever get any sympathy because they play ice hockey for a living and get paid well for it. But at the same time, there is definitely a human element to it that I think as fans, we just don't really think about. Well, there is. But then you look at Matt Deshane, who chartered a private jet to what did he go and he went back to go and get his family and his dog yeah and then and I yeah like, and that that side of it and also i i guess there is a difference as well between the matt duchaines who are likely going to sign a 60 70 million dollar contract this coming year and also your kind of your mike mckenna's and your your backup or your your seventh d's and all those kind of players who again still will earn a very tidy amount of money but you know they're not hiring private jets and and yeah, I guess you know for for families and for for people moving around, North America is a big place. <laughs> like you know, you could be moving a very very long way away. Um, but yeah, it doesn't stop us as fans just you know chucking people out saying yeah move move from <laughs> Ottawa to LA. Why not? So seven thirty five and Yahoo Sports Canada have just tweeted that how much they're missing Peter Shirelli a lot today. Um, so uh, we all they've created a little a little gift there, which is quite enjoyable. Yeah, what would have? I mean, that's the question, isn't it? What would the Oilers have done if Shirelli was still in charge today? <laughs> I mean. So much he could have done, I think, as we said before. What, what exactly did the Oilers do? Whether it was Shirelli in charge or Keith Gretzky is now or, or Ken Holland, even. I think in the season, they're, they're, it's such a tough spot they're in. Come mm. the summer and the draft, when, when purse strings and cap considerations are loosened a bit, that starts to get a little different. We mentioned Ottawa and their need to reach the cap floor and, and so forth, but. Right now, it's especially if they don't want to move prospects and high picks. There's, yeah. um, you know, you're talking about moving a, a Chiasen or maybe a Cassian, but that's kind of your limit, really, mm. for the, the Oilers. And they still might move one of those guys. I know there've been people reporting that they've been taking calls on, on both. That you know, you're talking just more, about more deck chair shuffling, really, until the summer. I think they've got a strange situation, haven't they? With the, it's with um, Puliyarvi, isn't it? Um, yes, yeah. who doesn't want to get sent down to the AHL and yet they kind of want to keep him and, and develop mm. him as a player, but he's not quite ready. So he's kind of a prospect that would be tradable, but at the same time, he's probably the kind of player you want to be playing. Yeah, um, I mean, he's, he's hurt now anyway, so that kind of, I think that mm. maybe has kicked that can down the road. Yeah, or avoid, well, he's hurt. Avoid, yeah, you know, well, commas. yeah, sure. But, Helps him out a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> right, exactly. It kicks the can. It means that they can kind of maybe readdress this in the, in the summer. But so you had he been healthy you've got now, to, if you're, if you're in charge of the Edmonds and Oilers, you've got to stop kicking the can, haven't you? Uh, sorry, let, let, let me, let me clarify. What I mean is if he'd been healthy today, trade deadline yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it gets really awkward. And you've got a guy who is clearly unhappy in Edmonton right now. Yeah. And teams know this. They're going to be calling Keith Gretzky and saying, yeah. what do you want for this kid? Whereas if yeah. it hurts that, awkward situation is avoided and i get what you mean by by keying down the counter the, yeah. the thing I, I kind of i was i was mentioning then was this kind of this oh well we'll sort it in the summer you know we're not appointing a gm and you know all of this kind of stuff is just carrying on meanwhile Connor mcdavid's time in edmonton is just mm -hmm. ticking by 
and there he is taking suspensions and just kind of think like, come on, at least in Ottawa, you look at that situation and you go, fine, burn it to the ground. Even if you don't keep Mark Stone, what you are going to do is you are just going to build up from the bottom. Edmonton can't do that. Well, if they do that, that means trading McDavid. And I know people say he's untradeable, but Gretzky was traded from Edmonton. But I don't think they'll ever do that. Certainly not in the next few years. But, I mean, it's just such a horrible situation there because you just see a player like Conor McDavid's career kind of just passing by. I mean, he's not going to get to the playoffs again for the second year running. But it hurts the league too because that's one of, if not the most marketable star they've got not in the postseason. Yeah, and that's, that's the kind of baffling thing. You know, I've already been criticised on Twitter once this week for talking about the Leafs too much, but the, I will bring it back to the Leafs on this one. But, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it wasn't all your fault. I just said... No, I, I know. Yeah, I know. Throw me under the bus, Claire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's fine. But well, that's one of the things with all the Austin Matthews chat before he signed his contract. I found it baffling because Austin Matthews is not going to go and sign for Arizona in the next few years because Austin Matthews he's not stupid. Like he's looking at what happens to Conor McDavid and he's looking at what happens to players like that, where they they're stuck in a franchise that is going nowhere for the next few years. Austin Matthews is in one of the richest hockey markets, probably the richest hockey market in North America. And he is being labeled as their next captain, their superstar, their franchise player. There is no way that Austin Matthews was going to any other team in the next few years and certainly for these next five years and I can't really see him unless you know it goes horribly wrong I can't see why he won't sign again beyond that five years because of the market he's in Conor McDavid is showing players or future superstars exactly why you've got to be so careful when you're signing these long-term deals I just found out what our conditional pick is as well oh great (laughs) this is brilliant The fourth round pick becomes a third round pick in 2020 if the Flames reach the conference final and Fatterberg plays in at least 50% of those playoff games. My God. Similar to the Hagelin deal then. There you go, Rob. You can uh, salivate over (laughs) that. I just don't understand how teams don't forget. Like, do they not forget? Like, that's so far in advance. Like, do you not think that one day in the future they go, oh, hang on a minute, didn't we have a conditional pick on something? Uh, somebody, (laughs) somebody Somebody on Twitter with a avatar of the back of their head will remind them. Yeah, <laughs> they're 18 followers. <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah, let's just look. Uh, so one of the teams we haven't mentioned, uh, New Jersey Devils. Um, they just seem to be releasing people left, right, and centre uh, over the last uh, couple of months. Um, Marcus uh, Johansson was a question mark next to his name, but he was skating this morning in practice or warm up or, or something. I saw, so it doesn't sound like there's going to be much movement with him. Um, it's a bit of a weird season, though, for New Jersey Devils, isn't it? Uh, What's the of, point? I mean, I mean, it's it's sell, sell, sell like a cheap used car salesman, isn't it? Mm. Really, but I don't blame them. There's not many guys on that roster which are even close to being considered untouchable. No, there's probably two or three guys who you would say are close to untouchable or untouchable. Taylor Hall, Palmieri, and uh, Nico Hischer. You know, Schneider's, nobody's coming in on Corey Schneider because of the contract situation. But you'd argue they overachieved last season in making the playoffs. This year, obviously, Hall's missed a little bit of time with injury. They're just not a great team, but they've got useful assets. So if you're Ray Shiro... 
yeah, already traded Brian Boyle and, and Riku Swing there, already traded Ben Lovejoy. I think they got quite a good return there with Carrick in a third. And they've got guys like Marcus Johansson who are good to decent NHL players, but you know, they're you know, dime a dozen in a sense. You know, they can once they've rebuilt around a younger team like guys like Hisher, you know, they can probably acquire a guy of Johansson's comparable skill when they're ready down the road. Same with Drew Stafford. I mean, Kincaid was really surplus to requirements as soon as Corey Sean even looked like half the goalie he used to be because mm. they've got Mackenzie Blackwood. So there's no point holding on to guys who just aren't a legitimate part of your future. Yeah, let me just uh, pick up. So 742, yeah. and you mentioned Brian Boyle there. He's going to have a new teammate. Um, Nashville and Minnesota have just done a trade. Uh, Mikael Granlund for Kevin Fiala wow. um, has just happened. Whoa. So... Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, I just, jeez, as if Nashville needed to be. Oh man, <laughs> Fiala's not had a great year. Though. Fiala's no. not had a great year, but again, this kind of ties into what I said earlier about Donato. He's still quite young, so this helps Minnesota because they've added. He's twenty-two years old, and his ceiling is seen as pretty high. So they've added youth again. And Nashville have got a strong veteran skill player. Granlin's a good yeah, he's a, that's yeah. a good buy for them. I haven't so, seen what the details of the deal is, other than just a straight. No, trade. surely there's got to be. A, seen it, Steve? No, it's, it's literally just straight up one for one. There's oh. no picks involved at all. But yeah, Nashville have done some really good business there. Uh, I like it for good. both teams, and potentially it could work out very well for both. I think. Just very quickly, while um, we're on, we'll kind of come back to that as we get a little bit more on it, but. Um, Taylor Hall just on that question while we're on the New Jersey Devils I'd be very interested to hear from all of you about what you would do with Taylor Hall because bear in mind he's only signed for another year after this to his six million dollar contract then he becomes a UFA now he is not signed he's not re-signing in New Jersey no. he's in the current state of them so what do you do because in a way you almost want him not to be a rental like you almost need him to be, you know, you want to be selling on him with term because a, a full season of Taylor Hall at six million—that's that's like gold dust. You're going to get a lot for that. Is but that what? What are you going to do? Get rid of him that, quickly? That's the the question, surely, for the next five six months. I mean, mm. he's injured right now, so they can't trade him. He's on the IR. Yeah, yeah. But come maybe the draft. The draft. If he if he says to Ray Shiro, I'm not coming back. It's the draft, right? That's that's when you look to move in because you can say, look, now is the time when you, the trade partners have to worry about the cap and the money and all this sort of stuff and you get him for a full season and then the Devils get back whatever they can get back. Oh, it looks like, by the way, uh, Pierre Lebrun just tweeted saying, hearing Ottawa and Vegas are putting finishing touches on a Mark Stone trade. Yeah. Still not done, but appears Golden Knights will get Stone if the deal goes through. That is huge. And Bob McKenzie's Bob also McKenzie's tweeted that too. Uh, and Darren Dredger. So that should be Man. interesting. Let's just quickly recap some of the teams we haven't mentioned then. Uh, have we done Chicago? Have we done LA? Not that well, we... LA are just sell, sell, sell. We'll sell as well, yeah. Um, and Anaheim as well. Sell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Maybe they've already sold because they moved Brandon Montour yesterday to Buffalo. Didn't 
didn't Anaheim Anaheim have been like the busiest, haven't they? Did I see something earlier about how they've made the most trades? Uh, Jakob Silverberg. They moved uh, Brian Gibbons out early this mm. morning to Ottawa. That's pretty inconsequential. Montour, we just mentioned. I'm just scrolling back through. Uh, just trying to see where else did they go. They made a couple earlier in the season, didn't they, as well with uh, the Penguins? So yeah, I think they, so, I think there is something going around about the fact that they've made the most trades out this season. I think possibly uh, they've not been too busy the last couple of days. Just scrolling back through, but uh, one thing I would like to do, just on a very quick aside, is that I wish that on trade deadline day there were no hockey games. Like I, I, I don't think I'm going to be in a position to be able to watch Toronto Buffalo tonight. Like, this is just too much. They should just take a break, surely. Like, no, take the night off. This is just, this is just harsh. How can a team prepare for a game when, when some of them, you know, Connor Brown's skating around the practice rink thinking, God, I could, be, I could be whisked off to Carolina in a minute. Like, that's just no way to prepare for a divisional matchup. <laughs> so, Elliot Friedman now saying, per NHL approval, stone to Vegas. So, if we assume that that's um, going to go through, do we? Do we assume? Yes, yeah. Oh. Just, just remember all the talk for Ottawa. It was like, oh, they're, they're probably going to lose one of Duchesne or Stone. And then it was like, oh, they're probably going to lose Stone and Duchesne. Oh, yeah, they're probably going to lose Dezingle as well. And you're thinking, oh, man, that's going to be a tough few years for them. So we've got 13 minutes left. Who else is, are we waiting on? Simmons. Simmons, of Simmons. course. Car- that's yeah. Carolina have, yeah, well, Furland also, I mean, Carolina have dangled or, or allegedly dangled Dougie Hamilton and, and Brett Pesci's yeah, been Pesci. mentioned. So do they, they may stand pat given where they are, but the Islanders haven't done anything yet to our knowledge. It's worth pointing out, of course, that some deals are announced after the oh. deadline because of when it's processed yeah so but i'm sorry what hang on so what do you mean we're <laughs> gonna have to carry on <laughs> <laughs> well it's just been confirmed <laughs> by the way it has been confirmed that mark stone has gone to the golden knights yeah. um can't quite my phone won't open fast enough to see what the deal <laughs> is though <laughs> oh man no i can't find haven't it got the final details yet I'm not seeing it at the moment Who else hasn't done too much? Washington, I guess their business was done when they got Jensen and Haglin. So, yeah. So, Darren Dredger has put Eric Brandstrom, key piece of deal. Okay. Oh, and interestingly as well, um, Jesse Granger has just tweeted saying the Vegas Golden Knights are acquiring Mark Stone, and I'm hearing an extension won't be far behind. Yeah, that was apparently what could have possibly held it up. Yeah. Interesting. So Brandstrom's a, a 19-year-old defenseman. Yeah, they've got some good prospects, haven't they? Yeah. But of course they've got good prospects because they did so well in the in the extension draft and all of the trades that went around there. They got given so many good young prospects. That, I mean, if you're Vegas, you're laughing now, aren't you? I mean, it just... Oh. And the West just got even tougher. I know, yeah. I, I mean, I would say, Stephen, I think the West is tougher than the East. Yeah, oh, you were. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I got that hot take from. Yeah, <laughs> not not a trade, but perhaps significant heading down the stretch. Corey Crawford's been reactivated from the injured reserve for the Chicago Blackhawks. So if they continue their reasonably good form of late, they're only five points out now. That could be 
a key it's an acquisition but a key return for the Blackhawks if they're going to it, hang around it's, it's amazing isn't it thinking if, if if all of us had sat here at Christmas and we'd have said Chicago and St. Louis would be fighting for playoff spots like you would have just laughed it's just oh, amazing yeah. the turnaround of those guys this season the thing that worries me is that other teams in the future who should probably be selling are going to convince themselves yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and they're going to yeah, go for yeah. it and then fall in that horrible middle and not get the top pick. <laughs> well, St. Louis. I mean, St. Louis were, were, by media accounts, only kind of days away from basically selling the farm and basically yeah. going, do you know what? Fine, let's, let's just totally rebuild this thing. I mean, they must be the trigger finger on the GM there must be just kind of like burning, thinking, oh, I'm so glad they didn't press that button on those trades. I just look at the, the Senators moving forward. and <laughs> Matt Larkin, the Hockey News, has, has tweeted this out. And he's listed Kachuk, Shabbat, White, Norris, Batherson, Brown, Brandstrom, Lahoy, I produce my pronunciation there, Abramov, Davidson. I know it's hard to be an Oscar fan right now, but they have a foundation for something pretty fun about three years from now. Which they yeah. do that. Their, their prospect pool is decent. I think there's a lot of other teams out there which would be very happy to have that list of prospects. It's just the short term with all these guys leaving, Carlson included. It and the the trust in ownership is so low. But and I think and I think it it's just so brutal in the way that it happened. If you think these guys were what a goal away from getting to the conference or Stanley Cup final, whatever yeah. it was, only a few years ago. And, you know, they had that incredible run and this has fallen apart so fast. And I think that is that must be where the Sens are struggling with it. But as you say, I would much prefer to be a Senators fan right now than an Oilers fan, because at least I'm oh, looking yeah. at an exciting, young, new team, as you say, three years time. And also how many picks are the Sens going to have in the next few drafts? I mean, who knows what they're going to get? for Mark Stone, but you would imagine if they got two for Duchesne, they're probably going to get two for um, Mark Stone as well. I mean, they're basically just going to be picking everybody that anybody they want in the first couple of rounds in the next few years. And you've got Brian Stewart and Shabbat as a, as a good, decent nucleus defensive voice as well yeah. now. So I think that it's going to be very interesting for them. I know I, I kind of laughed at Ottawa on the last time I was on, but they're in actually a lot better position now than when I was speaking to you last two or three weeks ago. Interestingly, Chris, Chris Johnston, and I agree with you, Stephen, yeah, uh, Chris Johnston has just tweeted saying that Brandstrom, Lindbergh and a second rounder in 2020 to Ottawa for Mark Stone. Yeah, I've just seen someone else tweet the same. Doesn't so. that seem quite low? Bear in mind yes. what they got for Duchesne. It is low. Brandstrom is always a hell of a prospect. I mean, we might look yeah. at it a couple of years down the line and think, no, actual fact, this is really good business. But at the moment, yeah, that it does. Yeah. That's like the a... first rounder, Brandstrom, right? That's the first rounder. Equivalent yeah, OK. But, that, but then that's, that's saying you're getting one first rounder in him. Whereas for Duchesne, they got two. I know one was conditional, but you could have put the same condition in for for Mark Stone if he re-signs the thing is it depends where Columbus finish right because that pick might not be that high so you know if that's the 20th pick that's still kind of middling-ish I know it's still a first round pick and if you're rebuilding you want as many as you can get but if you've got you know the 20th pick is a bit different to even the 10th sometimes so yeah true oh hang on uh, Claire's just saying that her Wi-Fi's dropped uh, ah. Why she's been very quiet recently, so we just have to wait for her to come back to carry on recording. 
This is the uh, the joy of recording as live. Yeah. <laughs> All the best podcasts have technical difficulties. I learned that from the Marek vs. Wojcinski podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, how... Uh, I mean, my, my day job's in radio, so I basically spend my whole time trying to make radio sound good. And yet when you do podcasts, it's almost like, ah, yeah, it's fine. Just go for it. Just, just have a go. <laughs> Let's see if we can... She's now just messaging obscenities to our uh, <laughs> Facebook group. <laughs> yeah, Branston was the 15th overall pick in 2017. Yeah, so it does look... Yeah, Cap Friendly have now just said that it's Eric Branstrom. Oscar Lindbergh and the 2022nd round pick, which is Dallas's. <laughs> Dmitry Filipovich. Finally, the Ottawa Senators get a prolific Swedish defenceman. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, yeah. Somebody else said something along the lines of, oh, it's really good that Ottawa's got a very good reputation for looking after Swedish defensemen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I mean, they, it's going to take a while, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of people very surprised there was no first in that deal, though. Yeah. Even with Brandstrom there. Which I get, I, you know, well. I can, yeah, I can, I can see where they're coming from. Jeez, yeah, a lot of, lot of, lot of responses. No first, what? No first, no first? Question mark? Question mark? They could get the first it, as well. It's crazy, isn't it? Because Mark Stone's trade value all the way through was seen as to be so much higher. Yeah, and, yeah justifiably so, I think. And ju- yeah, justifiably so, I think. But especially as Duchesne, wherever he goes, the basically their team misses out on the playoffs, guaranteed. <laughs> I like that somebody uh, tweeted uh, Dom Lecision from The Athletic they said would you rather have a late first or Eric Brandstrom and Dom just replied Mark Stone is a top 25 player in the league get both <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> kind, of, kind of hard to argue with that logic actually <laughs> yeah it's true yeah yeah it's Darren Drake Darren Drake is just saying hearing an extension for Stone in Vegas is highly likely yeah I uh, I wouldn't this reminds me of a small uh, to a much smaller extent everything is relative and all that of the islanders with vanik a few years ago when they held on and held on waiting for gabaric to fall and in the end they just got a they got sebastian kohlberg who was a first round pick or a, a very high second and uh yeah. another draft pick and yeah. islanders fans were just stunned it's like that's all you got for vanik and so yeah but we see kohlberg as a a first round pick in terms of potential. It's kind of like, that's all you've got for Vanek. <laughs> yeah. Are you back, Claire? I am back. Ah, oh, cool. It says it's still cloud recording. I didn't know that it carried, did it keep recording? It was flash, it was recording on my yeah. screen. Okay. Oh, well, maybe that's a good thing. Hang on a sec. Just well, you just got a load of us uh, very relaxed chats there. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Right, I've sorted it, Sarah. For you podcast fans, that's uh, Claire's flatmate. She just uh, um, So, uh, that was a you nice... Haven't, you haven't missed anything, Claire. Only Mark Stone getting traded. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, well, should we edit that or should we keep it in? Oh, I'll just keep uh, it in. Why not? As live. As live. Nobody yeah. said anything uh, horrific, did we? I don't think. Well, uh, maybe, maybe I did, and that's why my Wi-Fi went down. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But interestingly, just on that point that we were kind of talking about, it's funny, isn't it, how we value a first-round pick higher than a prospect in a way that... But the first-round pick is a complete unknown. And kind of to your point, Rob, that for some teams, a first-round pick is going to be like the 20th pick, which is basically <laughs> like a second. 
anything below what is it 20 25 something like that you kind of think well it's, it's as good as statistically they tend to be as good as second round picks so maybe maybe we should kind of look at Eric Brandstrom as 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 good as a first I guess some Sens fans might look at it and think well hang on where's the second first is this really yeah. after all of this time and getting it so close to the deadline well I think you made the, the point perfectly Joel if Ottawa got two firsts, albeit one conditional, for Matt Duchesne. Why couldn't the Senators get the same for Mark Stone? Even if that, the first was conditional on Stone re-signing with Vegas, mm. it's that, that's the sticking point, I think. Is if we could get two for Duchesne, albeit conditional, why couldn't we get Brandstrom and a first again with that conditional asterisk for, for Mark Stone, who is arguably the better player? Yeah, it's an argument, I think, for a lot of people. <laughs> Sid, uh, Sid Sixero from um, Sportsnet, uh, from Tim and Sid, just put, Ottawa makes a big move and brings in a fantastic young player who Eugene Melnick won't pay in eight years' time. <laughs> <laughs> Can we also take a moment to enjoy the fact that Ottawa could be even worse and tank even further now as we head into the second part of the season? Well, Stephen, why, why would... Can you just explain why that particularly uh, entices you? Because I just want that first, first overall pick in the draft. And if, it, if Colorado don't get that now, I'm going to seriously not get up the following day. I think the only way that Colorado don't get that first overall pick this year is if Ottawa somehow lose the lottery or lose it. I don't know what... Yeah. I can't really say lose because it's... Well, it is kind of losing the lottery for them to come first. They want to finish as low down on that list as possible to try and soften the blow. I still like the idea of the Avs getting the first and second overall pick. So do I. How do you get the second? Remind because me. Because if Colorado miss the playoffs, they're into yeah. the draw. So theoretically, they, they could land the first and not yeah, the first and the second. second. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So... I, so guess, good. I mean, where they are in the standings now, it, their percentage chance of getting the picks is probably relatively low. Relatively yeah. low. But there's always that chance. And when you sign up for Team Chaos, then <laughs> you, yeah. you hang on to these things. No, don't worry. Edmonton will win it. They always... Well, uh, it's, no, it's actually 8.01pm now, so trade deadline is, is pretty much done. Over. I'm just seeing here about the Stone uh, deal. He's eligible for an eight-year extension uh, after today's 3 p.m. deadline. Expect a tentative agreement of eight years, says Bob McKenzie, with an AAV of $9 million plus for Stone in Vegas. That's got, wow. to, be, that's got to be less than what Ottawa were going to give him, surely. They were talking 10.5. I was going to say, I heard 10.5, yeah. So, but... Stephen, uh, Stephen Weiner said capitals are done. There won't be anything, any more trades. Um, Hearing Chris Johnston, the Habs are done for the day. Yeah. So nothing really much more on the Islanders yet. As we kind of said before, we do sometimes see trades announced after a 3 p.m. deadline. Elliot Friedman just said Carolina kept Furland, which presumably yep. is more than just the fact that we haven't seen a trade from them. It sounds like they've said they're going to keep him. Carolina are in a difficult position, really. Well, not a difficult position, but a, <laughs> a position where you kind of, you don't want to trade, but you do want to trade. And they're in that horrible in-between bit where you think you've got to, I guess they've just 
they've gone for it, but not in a not in a Columbus type of way. Has anyone else realised that because Columbus have done so well in this and are going to have probably a very deep run, we are going to have to hear that cannon go off so many times in Columbus. The most annoying goal celebration in the whole NHL. Well, just imagine if they had fired the cannon every time they did a trade. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, yeah. It'd be like World War Three. I like, I like this from uh, Kat Silverman. I think the part that truly amazes me is that the Ottawa Senators have gotten rid of Hoffman, Carlson, DeShane, Stone, Dezingle, and somehow couldn't find anyone willing to take on Bobby Ryan's contract at the same time. How does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> but they need his contract now. They need it to reach the cap floor. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're right. Going back to, I can't remember, was it, uh, I can't remember Rob or Stephen who, who mentioned it, but going back to whoever point it was, if I was Carl Dubas now at, at 2.53 Eastern or 2.59 Eastern, I'd, I'd ring Pierre Dorian and go, do you fancy Nikita Zaitsev? I think in the summer when they come to start talking about extensions from Arna, yeah. that's when they start to... Because to... Zaitsev's an okay initial defenseman. He's just... He's absolutely fine. More ...over a, a period of time that the Maple Leafs can't really stomach... The, 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 only, the only reason Zaitsev gets so much heat is because Morgan Riley's on such a good deal mm. and he's so much better. And mm. Zaitsev's deal's a little high, but, I mean, it's only a little high and it's just a very long contract and he hasn't really lived up to his expectations. But, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's not as bad as everyone's making out to be. It's just that, yeah, as you say, we, we've got to start penny-pinching over the next few months. Yeah. And he's the obvious one. But I think it's very interesting that uh, the Leafs have done nothing. I kind of feel a little bit disappointed, but at the same time, a little relieved that they've But, not... you know, they, got, they did the Jake Muzzin deal. Yeah. You know, he they was did. talking earlier, actually, on camera, saying how it was nice not to kind of be sat worrying about it because he knew that it was done for him and that was it. He could just crack on with the games. Um, so, you know, they, they did do something. Thank God they didn't leave it as close to the Nylander contract. Yeah. Yeah. So, can I just Brian take a Burke, five I just, step? A little, uh, just very quickly, very, uh, what we were talking about earlier with, uh, with Nylander and Brian Burke and, and Sportsnet, it was basically Brian Burke went on a rant on Sportsnet's coverage saying that the lease cap just doesn't work. They have to, they have to shift salary. And, uh, yeah, I mean... He's been calling that Nylander has to be traded for months now. Um, but I just, yeah, I just don't understand it. When you've got a GM in, in Carl Dubas saying, I'm not going to trade William Nylander, it seems very odd for him to come out and say that, thinking that he may do. Of course, he may do three years down the line. He's not going to do it now, not after all of the effort, time and effort that went into signing that contract. Sorry, Claire, you said. I, I was just going to kind of wander off topic of something that I was. Um... Uh, someone mentioned in our Slack group, actually, about the Calder Trophy, um, who's the favourite. So did you see NHL put this thing up this afternoon? Um, Elias uh, Pedersen um, mm. is obviously number one. Rasmus Darlin, Jordan Binnington, Carter Hart. No, uh, Pedersen. got to be Pedersen. Oh, just, just quickly. <laughs> sorry to interrupt. Um, it looks like Wayne Simmons might be getting traded. Two. Darren... Drager has just tweeted saying that the Nashville. news is going to come out. 
Is it Nashville? Pierre Lebrun's Pierre pending Lebrun, a trade yeah. call. Yeah, Wayne Simmons headed to Nashville. Man. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Oh, that West. That is nuts. <laughs> Do you know what, Stephen? I think the Western Conference is harder to get out of than the Eastern Conference. <laughs> Don Shannon here has tweeted, told there are lots of trades in the queue at NHL Central Registry. So, oh, oh man. Oh, I want and you tea. thought it was over, says uh, someone. I've got a fish pie in the oven. It's going to take two to three hours. For this Mark Savvy uh, saying, here in Boston and New Jersey have made a deal. So I'm guessing New Jersey will be getting rid of someone else and Boston will be taking someone on. Who do we think? Who Drew was Stafford, the list? Mate. Drew Stafford, possibly a depth depth yeah. winger. I hope it's depth if it's Boston. They can't. Uh, Johansson, Mark. Yeah, could be. Could consider, because I think the, the price New Jersey were looking for for Johansson was a second round pick, which is not horrendous. Doesn't I mean, matter who's coming out of the East, unless it's Tampa. Well, nobody in the East can beat any what's going to come out of the West unless it's Tampa. Sorry, Pierre Lebrun just said uh, he's hearing that the deal for Simmons came together at two fifty-seven Eastern. Wow. Again, still <laughs> pending a trade call before it's an official trade. Why do they do that? They've got all of this time. It's it's that thing, isn't it? Like when you're in school or college or university, that you use every single second all the way up to the deadline you think people would learn but these are nhl gms and they're still doing the same thing it might be done days ago joel we don't know they might just be doing this for effect well maybe although that one sounds like it was close you can't imagine it just heats up doesn't it that well here we go bob mckenzie uh nhl on nbc golden knights win mark stone sweepstakes agree to an extension on an eight-year deal with vegas 9.5 million dollars which he can't sign, I don't think, until... Uh, when can he sign it? Can he sign an eight-year deal straight away? March 1st. Is that when he can do it? Yeah, he can sign on March 1st, I think. Uh, so, okay. I can't remember if it was McKenzie or LeBron. Somebody tweeted it earlier when they were talking about numbers and figures, and they said he can't sign until March 1. Oh, uh, okay. It's not actually that far away. It's Friday. <laughs> no, it's not. It's like end of the <laughs> week, isn't it? Yeah. Could What's it? the point of that? <laughs> a really, a really nervy wait <laughs> for the Vegas goal. I assume there's some strange CBA yeah, be twist strange that wait, it? says it can't be too much one. Well, just looking at Puckpedia, um, they're talking about uh, cap space for Vegas and saying Vegas now have $2.5 million in projected cap space this year. Next year, with 18 players already committed, they have $73 million dollars. Uh, on the cap, and that's before Stone's extension. So there's not a lot of room going on there, is there? Yeah, but there's people they could move out of there if they needed to. You, I there. mean, you, you. It, it was one of the things that kept coming out with the when the Leafs were signing Matthews and and Nylander. It was a kind of for someone like Mark Stone, you make room, you sign yeah. Mark Stone, you get him on your roster, and then you work out everybody else. Because yeah. he's the kind, he's a difference maker. He's the he's the kind of player that makes Vegas suddenly now look like they're a contender for the Stanley Cup as opposed to a Western Conference final. You know, someone like that could make a huge difference to that team. And, and as Joel said, there's, there's pieces you could probably move to chip away at that cap yeah. problem. Yeah. So, just wonder what Nashville have given up to get Wayne Simmons? Did they give up Tolvanen? 
They said they weren't going to give him up for a rental. They seem pretty out of mounted, but have they still got their first? Have they have Nashville got their first? I don't know. So. See, if I was a Flyers, I'd be asking about Tom You can ask. I mean, that would be where my uh, trade discussion would, would start. Uh, yes, Jolin, uh The Preds have their first this year, next year, and 2021. They have a okay. second in 2020 and 2021. The Panthers third this year, but not their own. Uh, okay. Just to quickly run through some of the possible. Oh, Elliot Friedman has just t- tweeted another one, um, saying that the Ducks have traded Michael Del Zotto. Yeah. St. Louis Blues. He's a pending UFA, I think. So there was talk he'd move today anyway. Okay. So it's eleven minutes past eight. How long we get a held out for? I mean, it's been... We've had it before where it's been like an hour after the deadline. They finally cleared through the backlog of of trades. Just uh, Pierre Lebrun's just tweeted, Ryan Hartman and a pick to Philadelphia for Wayne Simmons. God, not, you've got to think that's a, a second. Maybe. Maybe. If the Preds think their chances this year, then maybe it's a conditional first or... Mm. So, yeah. By the way, according to uh, third period suites on Twitter, um, the uh, network count for breaking trades is TSN 6, Sportsnet 3, <laughs> NHL Network 1, Official Team Channel 1. So TSN are absolutely smashing it <laughs> on the, uh, the final. They're like a Leafs against Montreal on a Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada, coming down from 3-0 down. <laughs> to shoot all that in there yeah anything else bleeding through come on Toronto come on (laughs) Nikita Zaitsev to Edmonton for Conor McDavid <laughs> let, well, let me just recap on a couple of things that I wanted to mention. Um, again, I've, I've not had a chance to watch this. It's on my uh, watch list, but wasn't gritty of uh, Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> oh, didn't he streak the other day? Is that is that what they're saying? Yeah, he 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 did that, and he also flew in from the sky uh, from the then the Philadelphia Eagles Stadium. Gritty's performance was just amazing in the outdoor game. And also, just a nod to how incredible that outdoor game was as well. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia coming back right at the end there. That just looked incredible. The jerseys looked incredible. It just was such a great spectacle, that whole outdoor game. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. That was a game I watched on Saturday. Yeah, it was good. Um, Comments-wise, what was making me laugh in our Slack group was the banter between Dallas and New York Rangers fans um, over (laughs) Zuccarello that Jamie, uh, the fan who we had on a few weeks ago, was saying, Matt, you've had him off us for 24 hours and you've broken him already. (laughs) You're supposed to be looking after him. (laughs) Oh, uh, John Shannon has just tweeted, well done. Yeah, Marcus Johansson to Boston. Yeah, there we go. God damn it, I don't need Boston getting any better. Oh. Yeah, whoever whoever called that, well done. I think we put it as a question mark, didn't we? Uh, but the fact that he was skating early confused everyone. Mm. I think there were a few guys like that because it was a practice day. Teams obviously felt comfortable putting them out for practice. Yeah. Whereas a game situation there, that little chance of uh, how many teams are playing tonight? 
I know Leafs are playing Buffalo. Many games on. Uh, Buffalo, Toronto, Montreal, New Jersey. I was more than a thought. LA, Tampa, Edmonton, Nashville, Florida, Colorado, Anaheim, Vancouver. That's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, several games, more than a thought. So it looks like uh, Columbus Columbus <laughs> Blue Jackets, if I can talk, uh, their spokesman seems to be confirmed the team is done for the day in regards to NHL roster. Panarin and Bob are staying. That's what it says. So yeah. that's from Tom Reed um, from The Athletic. I guess Panarin was the only one that they could have moved because they, put, they brought so many in that I guess they could have moved him and, and got some picks back that they spent. But you kind of think it's like going all in but leaving yourself one chip back like it's kind of pointless isn't it you might as well just go for it did we did you just guys just cover the ducks and blues trade with yeah. frank saravalli yeah mm. what else have we what else have we got apparently uh derek brashard stepped on the ice in colorado in his panthers gear and then immediately got told to get off so he had initially <laughs> been told about the trade it's a, a quick about face that's <laughs> awful it's a, Stupid sport, isn't it? I think, it's well, just it's ridiculous. With, just the way it worked out, it was the same with Deshane because his first game for the Blue Jackets was against the Senators. He literally moved his bag down the hallway. That was crazy, yeah. wasn't it? That was and crazy. Deshane did that in Sweden as yeah. well against um, playing for Ottawa against Colorado. Yeah. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah, he's done that twice. Unbelievable. Yeah. Good chance to boo him in Sweden. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I did. Stephen, do you not like uh, do you not like Matt Deshane? Sorry, no, I booed him both games. You booed him. God dear me. Oh, that's one I wanted to mention. Um Connor Carrick, former Leafs legend, um, is uh he's gone to New Jersey. That was yesterday when that happened. But he went over there from Dallas. I can't quite remember what went the other way. Just remember it's funny, isn't it, how you you end up following or picking up on these kind of fringe players of your own team and then you just notice them being kind of uh, just tossed around the league going to all these different teams on their little NHL journey. So Connor Carrick has gone from Dallas to New Jersey, which I can't imagine is going to be that much fun over the next. But he'll, he'll play a lot. <laughs> it's think. a good opportunity, I think, for him over the next few weeks or, or couple of months, however you want to, to look at it. To, to try and cement a place at the NHL level because there's be opportunities there with the Devils. Yeah. Because yeah. Know, they might as well give guys like Carrick a chance to show what they can do. Yeah, it's true. For a player like him, it might be exactly what he needs. Yeah. So it's 8.17. How much longer are we going to keep going on, guys? Or are we going to wrap it final, up? One final thing from Cat Friendly uh, yeah. saying that, uh, that on the Stone deal, that it is an eight-year deal It'll yeah. carry an AVV of 9.5 and will include a full no-move clause throughout. And yeah, as we said before, can't sign until March 1st. The full no-move clause. What's... Uh, I just seen a tweet that says Nashville changes name to Wayne's World, confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Good God's sake. Uh, Ian uh, Ian Tullock has just tweeted saying Bob McKenzie saying Toronto hasn't said they haven't done anything. Double negative. negative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on a minute. What? So they're saying so they've not said that they've finished basically, but they've also not said they haven't finished. Yeah. So, so they've basically not be, said either way whether. Yeah, they could just be getting ready for their game tonight and gone. Oh yeah, look, it's three o'clock Eastern. <laughs> we should probably let them know. <laughs> 
So if we look at the deals that have gone through, um, Hayes, Simmons, Stone, Granland, Kincaid, uh, is a, what do we think is the best, most yeah, should we, savvy should we go, should deal we go and the worst deal? Yeah. Should we pick our favourite deal and our, our least favourite deal? Is it just from today? Well, overall, I suppose you could do this week, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Oh, go on, then I'll go first. Um, for me, I actually think Nashville business as a whole. I mm. think when you think the, you know, the fact they picked up Simmons and Grandland and really didn't give up that much for it, I think they've done some wonderful business. And then, as we spoke about before, the the deal that doesn't really make much sense is the Kincaid one. Mm. Yeah, I, to, I, I echo Stephen's comments on the Predators. I would, I would have picked them had he not. So instead, who shall I go with? I'll go with Mark Stone to the Golden Knights. Just because he was the main one, I think, in terms of an individual deal. Uh, I think as, in terms of what a team has done, I quite like what Columbus have done. If we, we're going to pick one team, I, I like what the Blue Jackets have done in terms of going all in, going for it. Although I will agree, the King Cade one still doesn't make a whole ton of sense to me. <laughs> and I'm going to go. I'm going to go with uh, the same team for the the good and the bad. I'm going to say that the Ottawa Senators got a really good deal for Matt Deshane, and I think that they they really did cash in well there, and by all accounts, look like they may have won that trade. However, the Mark Stone one to me that looks like Ottawa gave in at the end. I mean, obviously, who knows? But that looks like they gave in. And with it being that close to the deadline as well, I'm just wondering whether Vegas, you know, they held the cards at the end because ultimately what happens if Ottawa have a have a Mark Stone who isn't going to sign there and then can walk at the end of the year? Vegas knew that ultimately Ottawa wanted to, needed to get rid of him. And I think that probably took maybe a first or something at least away at the last minute so do i'm we, saying ottawa won the Duchesne one and then the mark stone one looks like they gave him do we do we think that is what's happened ottawa waited too long it meant winnipeg went elsewhere possibly nashville possibly the islanders though they have i haven't done anything or haven't done a lot so i think but are you are you telling me in this whole process you don't think that that Ottawa got a better return for Mark Stone on that. They they must have yeah. had talks with teams before. No, no, no. I agree, but what I'm contemplating this is sort of all theoretical and hearsay conjecture. Mm. Did Winnipeg say we'll give you? Maybe they said we'll give you our first Lemieux, something else, something else. Basically, yeah. whatever they gave the Rangers for Hayes, maybe plus something else in the mix. And Ottawa kind of hesitated and said, "No, we think we can do better." Yeah. Winnipeg's. First exactly. is going to be like the 28th overall pick or 29th yeah. overall pick. So did they look and say, we don't think Brendan Lemieux is better than a depth or, or a bottom six or depth forward, which is probably fair. Yeah. The pick, the pick isn't very high. Whatever else Winnipeg offered wasn't that tantalising. No thanks, we'll wait. Winnipeg said fine, went and got Hayes. And then and Vegas came with Brandstrom. That's, you know, that's probably the best prospect yeah. they may have been offered based on everybody else who's been moved today. Mm. But it's obviously the other stuff in there that make people go, is that all you could get for Mark Stone? Yeah. Yeah. Because we talked we talked about it before the Mark Stone news went, we talked about how Matt Duchesne or the Ottawa Senators with the Matt Duchesne set the market and they mm. set it high. So you think, well, in that case then Mark Stone's gonna get more. 
and it mm. doesn't look like they have. And so Columbus set it high for themselves as well for Panarin. They did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Michael so, Granlund's another good one for Nashville. I think I think Nashville have done really well to get Simmons yeah. and Granlund. I think they're going to be a really a tough team to face. They I think, as I said, I, I'll give Minnesota some credit there because they've got a young guy with, yeah. or perceived to have a high seeing back, which is something they needed to start looking at doing. They did it with Donato and they got him in exchange for Coyle and, as I say, they've done it here because they're just in that horrible middle. You know, yeah. if they miss the playoffs, I don't know how bothered they're actually going to be because they're probably going to get bounced in the first round by whoever finishes first in the West anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. What about you, Claire? Final one. I'll tell you what, I think we need to uh, get a Nashville fan on because that, that deal is, is pretty damn interesting, isn't it, They're doing those swaps? I think the, in terms of entertainment, Columbus and Ottawa have been the most entertaining teams for me, um, just keeping Ooh. us on our toes. Sorry to cut in, Claire. Uh, Mike Russo is reporting that Matt Hendricks has been traded back to Winnipeg for a seventh-round pick. So the Jets have added another depth player as well. Wow. So that's that, they've only done two trades, haven't they? Uh, today, yes, I did anything before that. I'm just racking my brain, spinning and buying time while I spin through. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hayes, yeah. Hayes was obviously the big one. I can't see any others. I can't think of any others. I'm sure somebody's shouting at their radio now because I've forgotten as we speak. <laughs> their radio. Wow, get you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm think... just looking up because I, I put a list together, didn't I, on the Google Doc of all the you trades did, yeah. since um, since January and where the heck are Winnipeg Jets? I've scammed past them. They haven't them done a lot this year. They really haven't. They haven't needed to, I guess. So, you know, they've... Oh, man. Darren Drake has just tweeted, could be more to come for the Jets. Central registry is jammed up. This is really so, good news for my Jets haven't done anything this year. Yeah. Uh, Jim, uh, Jim Matheson, uh, journalist at Edmonton, said uh, Keith Gretzky tried to get a forward like Connor Brown but couldn't swing it, so no trades today for the Oilers. So mm. It sounded like Edmonton did try something but, uh, but got nowhere, which, as we said, is A, kind of strange because you would expect them to try and sell hard, but equally there isn't a whole lot of people are going to jump up and down to, to acquire yes. on that team, I don't think, unless there's something coming through... Um, Central Registry. I've just seen the conditional pick for um, Nashville, for the Nashville-Philadelphia trade. 2024 round pick becomes a 2020 third round pick if Nashville wins one round. Yeah. That'll be a third round pick then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, is, what is the point of this? I, I've, I've never really looked at that. That is just going to... I love the little weird details like that. I'm going to always look out for those stuff now. I want to find what is the weirdest condition ever on a deal. I want to go Google that kind of stuff. I, I still think it's the one today, the Hayes deal. That yeah, I the Rangers get a fourth round pick if the Winnipeg win the Stanley Cup. That's <laughs> crazy, isn't it? You can imagine so, on the Winnipeg Jets uh, parade through Winnipeg on the top of the bus. They're all celebrating and then the moment dawns on them that that pick they've activated the condition on that pick and they go, oh, no, it was, not, it was not worth it for this moment. <laughs> it sounds oh, like the Islanders didn't make any moves, just judging by a few responses. No. So they haven't got anything stuck in the queue, if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly. So comfortable with what they had. We've got, obviously recently got Thomas Hickey and Andrew Ladd back from the IR as well. So they were happy, happy with where they were with getting those two back in the lineup. So. 
Well, it'll be interesting to, uh, once we knock off here and kind of catch up with some of the North American media, it looks like Mark Stone's uh, been doing some interviews with TSN in the last few minutes as well. So that might be one for us all to check out after we've uh, we finished this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think well. so. Who knows what uh, else could happen. But um, yeah, it sounds like there might be a few more. But yeah, head over to social media for the rest. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's eight twenty-six, so I mean, we're going to obviously do we're it. We're on overtime. Uh, yeah, we are. We're into penalties at this rate. Yeah. I'm in my pajamas. I'm ready to have my pork uh, oh, pork joint. I've not eaten. I'm so hungry. I massively regret not eating before this. <laughs> do you know what? That's commitment. I mean, I think there should be a hashtag for like trade snacks or something like that yeah, <laughs> yeah next I... year next year can we all meet in like a bar and do this or something so we're going to order food <laughs> see i've got the pork joint in the oven what would okay, you yeah. trade me joe long <laughs> i'll uh, i'll trade you a uh, a fish pie and a conditional potato wedgie uh, <laughs> for your pork loin yeah there you go well, I know steady Stephen I'm, I'm trying to drive a hard bargain here I wasn't going to throw in dessert three green smarties <laughs> or something like that see, see I know there's actually a creme brulee in the fridge and that is potentially on the trade floor but I'm not going to I'm not going to let you know about that yet thank god <laughs> I think it's time we should go <laughs> I think maybe um Thanks, uh, Rob and Steve, for joining us. Appreciate it. Really good. Thank you both. A lot, really to, uh, a lot to cover. And don't um, forget, if you're listening, uh, please subscribe to this podcast, rate, review, uh, and uh, drop us an email to get onto that Slack group as well. Can I leave with one final thought? Go on. Go for it. The first round, the Vegas Golden Knights and Mark Stone against the San Jose Sharks and Eric Carlson. Oh man! <laughs> oh, that is a beautiful thing, isn't it? As it stands, that's what we'll get. And to be honest, the way the Flames have played, I can see it staying just like that as well. That's a nice. That's a great I'm, way to end, isn't it? I'm going to be getting so little sleep in these playoffs this year. <laughs> it is. Oh man, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Thank you very much, both. And as Claire said, yeah, drop us an email at NHL or oh god, I can't even speak. We've been talking for too long nhlfansfromafar at gmail.com is the email address so drop us an email if you want to get involved in the slack group and we'll be back next week with a, a more normal podcast normal all the trades that we hadn't we've missed because we're eating our tea yeah bye now <laughs> bye 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 <laughs> thanks